0: The moment that I fell into the fissure, that the book would not be destroyed as I had planned.
1: Wait, it, that's X Files. Yeah. <laughs> what did you want me to say next?
0: It continued falling into that starry expanse of which I had only a fleeting glimpse.
1: I don't know the opening lines What? As you do.
0: Oh, man. Was I supposed to? No, I. whatever. It's. I played the beginning of Mist so many times. Like you know, it, it's it's the kind of game that you, I don't know, maybe you didn't. Clearly you will know this, but that you want to evangelize to people. You're like, "Look at this thing. There's there's if you kind of if it's gotten you, you you want to show it to people and you want people to understand why you like it." Uh, but maybe you didn't feel that way.
1: I I felt like I had to hide the fact that I played video games.
0: Right. So
1: oh, no, I don't remember ever evangelizing anyone with anything when I was a kid.
0: So it it's January 8, 2019 and uh we're we're uh, recording another game older finally. And the, the the kind of premise of this is that it's the 25th anniversary of Mist. Um mm-hmm. and uh you know, we're a little bit late now because I think now it's the 26th anniversary of Mist, but Oh no. Uh, yeah, uh but you know, we wanted to kind of do something to mark the occasion. I, I supported their Kickstarter. I've got actually the the DVDs of the of the games behind me right now. Uh, and I did crazy stuff. I went and I uh, got my actual original mist uh, CD and installed Windows 3.1 and a bunch of crazy drivers and QuickTime into a DOS box emulator and then got the real mist running. not, not real mist, but uh, the original mist. And uh, had Leo playing it a little bit. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I've played Mist a lot. Uh, and so I was looking for something that we could do that would kind of be in the spirit of enjoying Mist and playing Mist, but not actually playing it again. And so we had seen this game. I, I, I forget why it came up. Uh, the, we're going to talk a, a, a bit about Mist, but also this game, Quern, that we played. You're usually uh, the one
1: that finds the games. Yeah,
0: I, I don't remember where it came from, but w- I think I saw it and then didn't pay it too much mind because it. have l- played a lot of Mist clones too, and they don't tend to be very good, uh, or at least they don't live up to my expectations mm-hmm. of Mist. Uh, but then I happened to see uh, a PC World was it PC World yeah PC World article from 2017 uh by Hayden Dingman I guess. I don't I don't follow PC World so I don't know this. Dingman. A Dingman. But uh, <laughs> he he called this game the closest we may ever come to a Riven sequel. And I had recently been doing some reading about what made Riven special and I kind of always in the back of my mind enjoyed Riven the most. I had had other mm-hmm. thoughts about how the different games compared to each other. Uh, For a little while, I thought, well, the first one's kind of the most classic. The second is the most interesting. The third has the best game design because it's kind of halfway in the middle. Uh, And then I was kind of sour on four for a while, but I've actually come around to appreciating that one quite a lot, at least from its puzzle design. Uh, But reading about Riven, what's really interesting about it is how few puzzles there really are in it. So much of Riven is observation. And so I, I got excited about Quern and thinking, you know, he was showing a bunch of screenshots of the world design. But before we get into that, why don't you tell me a bit, a little bit about your exposure to Mist as well? And I've talked a lot already, but uh, what maybe what is your first memory of Mist, and why why are we talking about Mist in the first place?
1: Um, so Mist is one of the very first computer games I ever played, mostly because my family had no money. Um, so we only ever got computers that were the cast-offs from my dad's job, many many years after um, you know they came out. So we had an old Apple II in our house for a very long time. So I guess the real first computer game I ever played was Lemonade Stand.
0: Yeah, you've talked about that. Just neither a fair here nor bit, there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but
0: I mean, not, I, I'm not saying you've talked about it here. It's just it's made me want to go play a Lemonade Stand because mm-hmm. you you have such fond memories of it.
1: But. Uh, at some point, I think I was nine or ten. Um, dad's first, like, color computer that was running Windows ninety five or ninety eight, what, whichever. I guess it would have been ninety eight. I don't remember. Whatever mist was just coming out on. I mist
0: mean, was uh, mist was a Mac game originally, and then when it came out, it, it was not a Windows ninety five game. It was a Windows three game.
1: Okay, well, I I'm pretty sure we had it on. 95 but okay. it just came with our that computer. wouldn't be
0: odd uh 95 maybe you're right i think 95 was just coming out when mist was okay i think Mystic came out in like 93 94 yeah it, it, windows 95 came out just at the tail end of 95
1: we would have been playing it in night i mean 98 99 okay we played everything late um, that we ever got <laughs> and it was just this thing on our computer that my dad was showing us as like a demonstration of what the computer could do and he was just treating it as a toy and I remember walking through it with my brother and we discovered there, there were things in it that seemed like it was much more than just looking at it and at some point it was probably Isaac probably not me he discovered um that you could actually solve puzzles in it. And we got really obsessive about it for a little while. And um, Isaac made way more progress than I did. I just, I felt overwhelmed and like it was way too hard. So I put it down for a long time, but I remembered it quite well and then i think i went back later once i discovered you could look up how to cheat at games and i just cheated my way through it
0: how what do you mean by cheated what does that mean to it you here it
1: literally told you how to solve the puzzle. okay so you
0: like a walkthrough or something yeah okay yeah, yeah. so my first memory of mist is still very clear uh my cousin uh our, our two families live just like down the road from each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember it, Avery came over and he's like, I've got this thing. You've got to see it. And I'm sure I, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure I, I expect he got it with a new computer because that's sure. how you got missed. You, had, you mm-hmm. had a new multimedia PC with a CD-ROM and a mm-hmm. sound card. <laughs> And uh, by golly, they're going to give you mist because you needed a CD-ROM to play it and look at what your computer can do now. Right. And uh, he, he brought that over and we had recently gotten a, a CD-ROM and sound card. Uh, what a weird Christmas present. Just a box with like like an actual, this is a multimedia kit to upgrade your computer with and it contains a pair of speakers, a sound card, and, uh, and a CD-ROM to upgrade your computer and make nice. it multimedia. So we had all that. And we put uh, we put mist in there, and we started playing it, and it was crazy. It was it, it really is like nothing that came before it. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, you got this first person thing. It's people call it like, uh, you know, like it's a, a basically a web page. You're clicking around from screenshot to screenshot, but really there was nothing like that. Uh, I, I don't remember if I'd played the Seventh Guest by then. That's another kind of first person adventure puzzly game mm-hmm. that came out at about the same time. Um, there there were you know unfavorable comparisons between those two games because seventh guest had a lot more animation uh but they're really not the same at all seventh guest is really just an environment that ties a bunch of puzzles together like like sokoban style puzzles block puzzles things like that mist has a world and an environment and a story something that you actually care about that's not as cliche as Mm -hmm. you know haunted mansion kind of thing
1: i'm remembering some other things too my brother likes to play games then but i really hated high action or things that made me feel anxious and i would get freaked out by games really easily so mist was this really beautiful world where nothing was chasing you and you couldn't die and i did like that and i did discover the um the star puzzle and solve that on my own right there were a couple i did do on my own where you
0: have to find the constellations in the observatory and then uh raise the boat by putting in the symbols
1: so cool and um Specifically, my brother couldn't solve the sound puzzle and I could and I remember feeling really good about that Because you know little sister beating her brother.
0: So did you guys play it together? Or did you you were just kind of both playing it at the same time like back and forth?
1: Uh, No, it was kind of the way we played games, which is to say Isaac played games and Occasionally I butted in and did something and he told me to go away, and then later I snuck back and did stuff on my own when he couldn't kick me off. But it wasn't really cooperative, it just, you know, I harassed him.
0: Right. So, this is, I don't remember this being true about my first playthrough. I, I really don't remember much of my first playthrough of Mist, other than the fact that I kind of cheated too, uh, but from a different perspective, um, for whatever reason, I went digging around in the CD-ROM. And found that all of the videos in it were just .mov files that you could watch. And so I went around watching a bunch of videos and found the video where Akinar tells you what page to look at in the fireplace. So I knew that that was there way from the beginning. And I mentioned it to Avery and he was like, man, why, why would you do that? Why would you ruin Don't do that. And so I, I didn't actually <laughs> finish the game that way. Uh, I, I didn't look into that book. I think I saw. I opened that book and saw like the first half of a second of of, uh, of Atris talking to you, and I was like, "Wait a minute! I really shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to ruin something for myself." And I, I put that away and played Good. the rest of the game.
1: A game uh, really isn't fun if you just no beat it without doing all the stuff. You yeah. can, but it makes no sense. Yes,
0: um, but I don't remember much of the actual process. Uh, so okay, it, you know, it's starting to come back. That game took a long time to beat um, mm-hmm. the first time for me. And there were a bunch of people playing it at the same time that I knew. And so one of those people was a, a guy named Dave Clark that we went to church with. And, you know, I, I don't remember how, like, he was older than me. Like, he had kids uh, when I was you know, mm-hmm. in high school. Um, but he was playing this game, too. And it, he was one of the guys that was kind of responsible for getting me into PC repair in the first place. And so we we talked uh, about computers all the time. Right. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this game and I remember going over to their place. I think our families got together for dinner or something. And there's that maze that you solve in the submarine. And we totally did not understand how to solve that puzzle. Um, I
1: never solved that puzzle. Yeah.
0: But we just mapped out the whole thing and it took forever uh, to just map it out on notepaper. Um, and that's the only puzzle in that game I think I didn't solve legitimately. And we still solved it, but not, not the way you're supposed to.
1: I'm, I'm kind of remembering. There's so much stuff that comes out of Mist because there's a particular way of thinking that I really feel like I gained from my experience with the Myst series over time of where that first game, I eventually was like, oh, I'll never solve this. It's too hard. And I cheated. But I went back later and I did be- beat it, you know, on my own without cheats, which I still kind of remembered how to do stuff, but you still basically have to solve it. Um, where I realized, like, if you really just stick with it and do the thing, like draw out the maze or the impossibly complicated thing, and you just study it and and really do the thing that seems too hard with a lot of faith, it, it does work out. And you start learning how to examine everything and put it together. And, That has been so, I mean, I think it applies beyond video games. I definitely credit Mist with the first time I really loved lateral thinking and um, sticking with a problem.
0: So you and I clearly both love not only Mist but the series we're kind of nonchalantly mm-hmm. talking about Mist and Riven and the right. third one and right. the fourth one and we haven't even talked about but we of course both know that we played the fifth one and the weird one uh, but for people <laughs> that, that may be playing or playing maybe listening to this that haven't played Mist and because mm-hmm. maybe they didn't grow up in 1993 and don't know what Mist is uh, how would you describe Gosh, people this People are
1: young, right? Yeah.
0: How would you describe <laughs> this to someone that has never played it before?
1: Um okay. Mist is a world you can walk through. Um they're usually quite beautiful and lovely and you click through it. I mean I the old one you you click scene by scene. You walk through it. It's quite a unique experience. the The way it would move because it's it's not like 3D games where you move through an environment. You would click the next place where you could be, and then your view would change to that place, and you could look around. Um, but you looked around by clicking like the left view or the right view. It was very um.
0: Yeah, that's the word people PC. use. People called it Slide showy.
1: Yeah. that um. But slowly as you play it, you realize you can interact with a lot of things. And if you pay attention, it reveals clues that give you more interactivity with other parts of it. And if you just follow the clues and put them in the places where they belong, it kind of... like. Mist is a world where everything is undone and you just have to find all the undone. All the pieces switches are turned off. And put them back together. Yeah. And turn them on. In some ways, it's like a living jigsaw puzzle um, where it's all there. And you just have to pay attention and put the pieces together. And when you do, cool things happen. Um, and slowly, from this hub world in Mist where you put the pieces together, you are given um, windows to other worlds to step into to do the same kind of thing um, which felt really great feels really great still that you you can jump into these books that contain other worlds and this you don't just solve the puzzles you also discover things about the people who lived there and used these worlds and there's little clues hidden around these places that aren't for solving puzzles but just not, you know, like literal puzzles, but but what happened and who these people were. And I loved that so much. This kind of storytelling that is not so literal and in your face. Like it's discoverable story. Um, and yeah, that's missed. It, it feels like real places where you could go and discover a story
0: yeah, we've been talking about this a little bit recently. You know, we've we've been playing uh, Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I pointed out there as I've kind of the games is very different and trying to to describe what makes it different and and what it what that game really is about. Uh, I, I most recently said that it's about uh, paying attention and about attentiveness mm-hmm. And I, I really think that when they're at their best, missed games are that. They get kind of labeled a puzzle game or an adventure game. But really, um, they're about paying attention to an environment. And there's, there's two sides to it. Like you've described, mm-hmm. there's the, the puzzles. There's, you know, how do I get that key to open that door? There, there's a few puzzles like that. And, you know, the, the density of puzzle varies from game to game. Uh, but when Myst games are at their best, what they're really about is uh being in an environment and observing that environment environment and understanding what it is and why it is and what happened there uh there's a great talk uh from from robin miller one of the Mm -hmm. the designers in the game um that he gave at gdc and you know they talk about what their company cyan had done before uh and these are games that i haven't really played uh i've seen a little bit of like the manhole and uh uh what's the other one i forget um but they're they're very much like storybook type things and they're still like this they're they're line art they were um they were apple macintosh uh games so they're like black and white like literally one bit color black and white um line drawing but you know you click around just like you do in mist and things happen and you and you observe a space and he doesn't talk about he explicitly says mist was not a puzzle game that they put a story into it was an environment that they you know, like wanted to tell a story in, and then they put puzzles into it to require you to be in the environment longer, to, yeah. to slow you down so that you would have to look at things and observe and think about what things were and why they were.
1: I was just about to say that one of the things I loved about Mist when I discovered it was that there was no sense of urgency Which there really is in so many video games you play. There's all this anxiety and you have to solve this thing and jump over this hole. It was really just, like, it was okay to just be there. And because it was so nice to be there in this world, you find yourself wanting to have something to do there. And the puzzles are a great excuse. That's just a, hang out.
0: That's a really interesting observation. You're totally right. And of the Myst games, um, at least of like the the proper series, I guess I don't remember five as well, um, but that's a thing that shifted over time. The original mist, you just kind of materialize and appear, and you have no mm-hmm. idea why you're there. And so you're right. You have zero urgency. You're just like, I'm mm-hmm. in a place. I'm going to learn about this place. But even, uh, even with Riven, it's not quite so bad, but... You know, you, you start in a cutscene and Atreus says, You gotta go to a place and do a thing. And so you have a mission, you have a quest, uh, and, and there's a little bit of urgency. His his wife is being kidnapped and you have to rescue her. It's not so bad because you kind of get the feeling that this state has been this way for a while, so it's not like yeah. someone's about to die.
1: There's no timer, yeah. But there's a problem to solve, and there's there's only a problem to Discover if you care. But, the but then one. but
0: then in Mist Three, uh, oh my word, Savidro breaks into Atrus's office while you're there and steals Relishon, the the books of Relishon, and he's gonna threaten to burn it. And you got you better solve the puzzles quick before he does. And then in Mist 4, oh my word, uh Siris and Akinar are back and Yisha's been kidnapped. And each time they kind of up the ante the The urgency of the plot is kind of at odds with the actual gameplay, where you're still supposed to kind of be wandering around and learning. Uh, I guess
1: my love of the original concept is so complete that I, I kind of detached myself from that Well, I'm, quite a I, bit. I
0: did, too. Uh, I'm only thinking about this now, uh, so, you know, I... I I didn't really want to go back and replay them all again without someone who hadn't played them before, because two people play—you and I—even have played through them together since sure. we had played them, and you can only do that so many times and, and really enjoy it. Uh, but what I have been doing is watching uh, this Let's Player on YouTube, a guy named Keith Ballard, mm-hmm. play all of them. I—I I don't remember if I watched him play Mist, but I definitely watched him play Riven, and then all of them after that. I couldn't—I okay. couldn't stomach Uru, but. <laughs> uh, it, it, it just,
1: we, we hardly made it through any of uru. I, I I
0: played all of uru, but it it, um, it uh
1: we didn't. too too I much haven't. of uru
0: for him was fighting with the interface, so it just wasn't yeah. as interesting to to watch. That's
1: the one I really don't consider myself to have played.
0: But it was interesting looking back how you know he he played them correctly to start, and he played them correctly right through. But he kept talking about how weird it felt to be solving the puzzles with this urgent situation going Mm. on like uh cirrus has kidnapped yisha but let's fiddle around in his office and see (laughs) what he was doing now part of that is because he didn't follow the urgency you're supposed to like the first thing you do is go find yisha and then until you hit a Mm. roadblock there then you go and solve like cirrus's age to find something you need but he's just played other missed games so he's like up gotta go find the ages so he completely lost the narrative thread which isn't his fault. The game left the whole game open like right. that, and uh, and as a result, his experience of playing the game was super discongruous from the kind of narrative conceit of what was supposedly motivating, uh, motivating the play. You know, it's something that they talked about in um, in the sequelitis uh, for Zelda um, that uh, that Aaron Hansen did. He talks a lot about. Uh, the Zelda series, and the conformity of the player's motivation with the character's motivation. And one of his complaints in Ocarina of Time was, you're an adventurer, what you enjoy is adventuring, and you play the game because you want to go adventuring. But Ocarina of Time is constantly throwing up roadblocks and saying, no, no, what you actually want is the story. Go back over there and get a note to give to a guy to tell you that it's okay to climb the mountain. Mm-hmm. And and the first missed. Is totally on board. It's like you are here to explore and solve puzzles, and here is an environment to do that in. Right. But the further you get in the game, in the series, it's like, why are you solving these puzzles? Well, you must be doing it so because someone is kidnapped. Well, maybe I just want to solve puzzles, and and that kind of discongruity is lying to the player about their motivations.
1: I mean, I didn't do what he did. I did definitely catch the narrative and follow what you were supposed to follow with the other ones. But I think I always found the live action storytelling bits so corny that I I didn't have any sense of real empathy (laughs) or anxiety over what was happening. I was just like, oh, clearly they want us to go over there. And usually... usually with games, I find that going where the game wants you to go is the best experience. So I don't often just, I've seen people who rebel against what the game is telling them to do and they like run into all the invisible walls and try to run up a corner. But you're a good
0: player. You go where the game tells you to go.
1: Yeah, I guess so. I I always saw the others as like a waste of time because this this is a created world. Like you're not going to. Most of the time, you're not going to really do anything other than waste your time, right?
0: So, I expect this isn't the case for you. Uh, but Mist or not so much Mist, but after Mist and Riven, uh, uh, right as I was coming off of Riven, was kind of the my my first encounter with the internet for any real period of time, like any okay. uh, any any time I had regular access to the mm-hmm. internet. There, that was a summer where. Uh, I I went to to work with my dad. He worked at a university. And I would just hang out in the computer lab there like every day, all day for that whole summer Uh, and, you know, get on the Internet and discovered Cyan's website where they ran the Cyan chat, which this was a thing back in the way (laughs) or, you know, no one would do this today, but, you know, Cyan.com just had a chat room and people that liked Cyan and Myst and the games that they made, uh, they just hang out in that chat room. And that was my first real encounter with any kind of consistent or persistent online community. And it's mm. weird thinking about that because that's kind of what became Uru. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you know this. Uru was supposed to be this big, massively multiplayer puzzle thing. Oh, uh, I knew it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's interesting looking back and thinking about how... Uh, you know, that originates, you can see the beginnings of that with the fact that Cyan even had a a chat environment like that. And the people that hung out there, those are the people that they expected to seed a game like that. The people that kind of wanted to be in line, online, hanging out, doing stuff together like that. Uh, they thought, why not put them in a mist environment and they'll solve puzzles together? That didn't work out for a number of reasons. But,
1: sure.
0: Uh, it's interesting thinking about. Uh, but yeah, did, did you really have any other exposure to other people playing Mist or anything like that?
1: Other no, than that? I mean, a lot of my growing up around video games was incomplete. Well, it's not totally true, but we were very isolated in a lot of ways. The only people outside of our family I played video games with were this Korean family named the Beavers. And it was like, it was okay to share that with them. But other than that, video games were looked so down upon in our community um that we just we didn't talk about them and I remember the first time I was quite old in school hearing another kid talking about them and having this like shock of other people play these games this isn't just a weird thing my family does like some kid in seventh grade wrote a poem about Sephiroth that that was like the first time i was like i know who that is am i allowed to say i know who that is and then i also realized that a lot of people still thought this kid was weird so i decided not to mess with that too much at that point anyway no i really didn't know other people who played mist until you honestly um, other than my brother.
0: So, it, what was that like then? Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly don't remember how like early in our relationship we started talking about mist and games, but pretty early. I, yeah, do you remember anything about that?
1: I, I know that there was some instant like you were really happy I had played mist and that it was important to me, and I was like, oh wow, like this is a really big thing in other people's lives too. And then you told me they were books and that you'd read them all. And I thought you were a little crazy, like genuinely thought that. Yeah, video oh, no. game literature doesn't have oh, the best no. reputation. I have discovered someone who doesn't understand what good things are. But I read the books to humor you because I read like a crazy person anyway. And I was really surprised that they were actually pretty good. Like, yeah,
0: they're okay, especially the first two.
1: Totally fine young adult literature. Didn't mind them at all. Um but until i read them i was like oh okay like they're they're actually pretty decent i i, I was a little bit worried <laughs> about who i had just met
0: yeah for at a certain point mist went from a thing that i was used to kind of playing alone to a game that i realized i really enjoyed playing with other people uh and having someone you know i had done a little bit of that at first you know we talked about dave mm-hmm. um uh, you know, we would kind of bounce ideas and trade notes back and forth. And we played it a little bit together. Uh, but then around the time Mist 3 came out, uh, it, I, it was somewhere like after 3, maybe before 4 and when Uru was coming out, uh, there was just a bunch of Mist, and I was hanging out at, uh, at the Kellys, uh, late at night cause they had fast internet and in the, <laughs> in their like workshop garage right. where I was working. And uh, I'd I'd bring my whole desktop computer over there to play games on, and you know work on. I, I was working w- fixing computers, sure. uh, but playing games at the same time. And uh, yeah, Chameleon and I played through like I think the entire series. It definitely Real Mist. I think Real Mist had just come out. I think that okay. was what started it because uh, I knew there was new stuff at the end of Real Mist, and I wanted to get to that. And I don't remember if she had played them before, but it, it, I just kind of built up this habit of, of enjoying playing the game and games like that with someone else. Uh, and, you know, we, we've we talked about that all the way through to The Witness, that we enjoyed playing that kind of game. And and The Witness is, is mm-hmm. a little bit different, but it still prioritizes the same things. The Witness is, is still about observation. It's just less right. about plot.
1: Well, and... Funnily enough, I didn't really play Riven or Myst 3. I poked at them. Like, we had them. But I really didn't play them until I was in college. Um, And I got my own copies. And I didn't have my brother sitting around making fun of me for not (laughs) advancing quickly enough. And I played through Riven with a girl I was working with Um, that summer. We were at a a help desk for a university. And... We we helped with very little because there was usually very little going on. So most of our job was just sitting there, and so it was a great time to to play a game on my laptop.
0: I don't think I knew that you played Mist then, uh, like or sorry, Riven.
1: Uh, at, yeah. During that, okay. And she was really excited to play with, with me at first, and she went through the whole world with me. But at some point, when we got stuck, she got really frustrated and kind of left. And I actually beat the game, like, legitimately. It, um, it was one of the first games that I fully, totally beat and felt like I had accomplished.
0: I'm remembering now why Riven. I don't have as good of memories of, like, solving Riven with people. So when I, I got Riven, I, I had kind of the same experience that you did with Mist, where there was someone who didn't understand it was a game. Uh, like I, I said, I was doing PC repair at this time mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, and I was over at, uh, you know, a friend of my parents' house mm-hmm. fixing their computer. And while I had some terrible download going to update drivers for their computer that was going to take an hour and a half, uh, I saw that they had missed on their shelf. And so I pulled that down and I was playing it while I was waiting for the download to finish. And he walks in and he's like, what is that? I'm like, that's missed. It's yours. I'm like what? Oh, I didn't know that was a game. I thought it was just a thing to, like, like a <laughs> yeah, tech demo to wander right. around in. This was not a, a strange, like, uh, or an, an odd response to this game. People no, didn't was really understand. Uh, and so I was, you know, I was excited. Oh, it was the best game ever. I love this game so much. Uh, and uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, aside from, even though I was, you know, that was a job and I was doing that work and he paid me, uh, like, a couple weeks later, uh, he had bought me a copy of Riven. And I got it, but we still had a Windows 3.1 computer and it required (laughs) Windows 95. So to play Riven, I could play it, I forget if it was once every two weeks or once every month. Our church had a regular potluck, and I would break into the church office (laughs) and I had installed it on the church office computer and I was playing it like I was eating as fast as I could and then running back and playing it on the church office computer. And that is not a good environment to play a game like that in. No. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not like there were people coming in and out all the time, but it's so time constrained. You can't just take your time. Riven came with a guide and it's a good guide. It's like narratively written. there. It it's like written like a journal, like uh, like it's from the perspective kind of, of the guy. Of in, yeah. uh, but I used that guide way more than I ever would use a guide now. Uh, and, you know, it's because I had so little time to play it. I wanted to see the game yeah. and I couldn't progress through a lot mm-hmm. of the puzzles. Uh, and, you know, Riven being one of those games that I really enjoy, it, it it's kind of sad that I can't actually feel like I've experienced it correctly. But that's part of why I enjoyed watching a good le- blind Let's Play of it. Sure. You know, and see some of that.
1: I'm really happy that I feel like I got to play Riven for real. Um, the exception being... I kind of didn't fully beat the Fire Marble puzzle at the end. Which is to say, I thought of the solution and went, It can't be that. That's way too complicated. Then got stuck for several days, looked it up, and it was exactly what I'd been afraid it was. So... I knew the solution, but uh,
0: yeah, I don't know at what point you experienced that. My uh, my memory of where I, that broke me was, I'm fairly certain I knew that you were supposed to look up the location of the domes in the oh, which island is it? The the like plateau island or whatever you know where the where the little mapping imager is. Yeah. and I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what you're supposed to find. But that seems crazy, and I'm right. not going to do it. Which uh, and- we've
1: talked about how in order to do this solution, you have to switch through five different disks. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. And so even when you conceive see the, the solution, it's not like a modern game. We're like, oh, I'll try it. And if it doesn't work out, it's fine. You're like, that's like hours. Of work.
0: hours might be an exaggeration, but it's it certainly felt more lot. laborious. And, and also, to you be know, wrong. playing this game as a, a 14 or 15 year old, uh, you know, I, I watched uh, the Let's Play and it seemed so much more obvious than I remember it being. And I don't even mean in terms of like understanding what to do, but I specifically remember feeling like it would be difficult to know looking at the map where the dome yeah. was. And it's not but it—it just seems it so feels insurmountable like yeah it will be yeah
1: um but the second like i read the first sentence of a guide and i was like oh crap it is that i just went and tried it i was like oh this is possible it's just tedious i think that was kind of a life lesson for me too that tedium sometimes you have out. to just do the tedium yeah if you can't always run around that kind of thing
0: So we're, of course, going to talk about Quern in a little bit. But before we do, uh, have you played any other games that you kind of think of at the same time as Mist, or that you think are similar or have kind of given you that same feeling? Now you've mentioned The Witness. It, yeah, the Witness the- is clearly inspired by Mist, but it's very different.
1: Yeah, that, but that would be the same way of like, there's no urgency, hang out here in this gorgeous world. And if you like, solve some puzzles. And your reward for solving puzzles is will introduce you to more beautiful world and more puzzles. Yes,
0: your your uh, your reward for being good at The Witness is that you get to play more of The Witness.
1: You also get to be in more of it. You get new environments. It's not just the puzzles. But honestly, I mean, the games that have been like missed are so exceptional to me because so very little achieves that same feeling for me because adventure games are not that like whatever people say about mist being an adventure game your standard adventure game is is not like mist
0: certainly not the games that predate it right um uh, you know people kind of mostly contrast mist with Sierra Adventure Games and LucasArts Adventure Games. But
1: the atmosphere and the reason for playing is just totally different. Well,
0: from a mechanics perspective, though, like those games are all about inventory, lock right. and key puzzles. Mist has no inventory it really throughout the series, and it's to its benefit.
1: Well, and we've talked a lot about how in Mist, your inventory are the notes you inevitably take on real paper because you can't keep track of all of it without creating your own real life thing. Yeah,
0: this is my real takeaway from mist and games that make me feel this way. Uh, mist for people who want to take something away from it. Mist provides the opportunity to immerse yourself in a game in a way uh that most games don't because if you take notes, you are left at the end of the game with a physical manifestation of the time that you spent playing it. You have paper in your hand of things you drew Uh, or maps you made uh, and that really exists and it makes the game tangible in a way that just playing it doesn't and this is something that i'll talk about more when we get to quern yes Uh, one
1: of the best parts about all these games is the note taking what if if at the end of the game
0: or in the okay if in the middle of the game you kind of get that that moment where you take a step back and you observe yourself and you realize you seem like a crazy person, that's when you're really playing one of these games well, when it's really fun. Sure. And when you're so into it that, you know, uh, if it were a different kind of situation, you would have like, you would have names connected to events up on the wall, connected with yarn and string and push pins and someone would come into your Why your have house. Never done this. <laughs> someone would come into your house and be like, "This person is plotting a murder. What is going on?"
1: We need to make a mist room in our house where we play all of the games and take notes on the
0: walls. So uh, abduction is a modern game right. that Cyan made, and looking back at it, you know, I gave that game kind of a short shrift when we played it. Uh, but I think a big part of it is because we didn't take enough notes. We used the screenshot feature too much. Yeah, And also, I wasn't ready to approach it at the in the way that Riven is, where ninety percent of the game is observation, and like ten percent is puzzle solving. Abduction mm-hmm. kind of short circuits that a bit because so much of it is here is a locked door. And we're not going to let you through that door until you've observed enough of the environment. There's too much of that. But really, most of abduction feels a lot more like Riven, where you're in an environment and it's a lived-in environment that makes Mm -hmm. sense. uh, And it seems crazy until you start learning about it. And it's actually really good at that. It makes me want to play it again. The
1: story behind abduction is really good, too. Yeah. That all these people were abducted but the different spelling of the word the game spells an O uh, but all these people were A abducted kind of as some sort of energy source and dumped into this space where they're from all points in history and are dumped into this one place together.
0: I, I think of the, the the kind of corruption of the spelling abduction as abduction with an O I think of that as uh, implying a um, a benefactor or a beneficiary abduction that they're like part of the plot of that game is that people are being saved from a calamity on their home planet. And so it's an abduction, but for good, they're being rescued.
1: They were all taken right before something terrible happened and then put in the same place. I forgot about that part. So there's this world that these people created together to live in when they found themselves in a different time and space than they came from. And that's really cool. And the journals you find from the people is really cool. I really appreciated the, the stuff you discover from these people who are from all over time. That's a really cool concept.
0: Now, the, the one game that is nothing like Mist but made me feel the most like I felt when I played Mist, I think, is Fez. And that game is so weird.
1: Okay, Fez has some of this, yes, but it's right. the same
0: thing. They they ask a lot of the player. There's languages in that game. There's numbers in that game. There's languages in Mist that you must learn. There's numbers in Mist that you must learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the you know Fez is styled like a platformer, whereas uh, Mist is styled like a first person adventure game, which wasn't a thing before Mist. But you know it, it's a first person exploration game, but.
1: We had a notebook with Fez. Yeah. So yeah. We have a notebook the of crazy, of and the thing cr- that crazy notes. Anything makes you in Fez. make a notebook is this kind of game. The,
0: the one thing that kind of undermines Fez like that for me is none of its lore takes itself seriously. Yeah. And so you spend a lot of effort to translate this big, huge thing, uh, and some of it's puzzle solutions, but some of it's like, Hi, how are you today? There's literally a note that you translate that says, Help, I'm trapped in a Fez factory. And. <laughs>
1: Right.
0: Like that's fine, but it was kind of underwhelming when what when my touchstone was missed. Uh it it's still great, but it, it it's the one it, it's hard for me to value it quite as much cuz it doesn't right. impact my psyche in the same way.
1: There's delights in remaining obtuse in a way that yeah. makes the game feel like the world doesn't matter as much as you want it to. It's just this created thing, so it doesn't immerse you as much as it could
0: yeah the conceit of mist is that you're traveling to worlds that exist that you the mm-hmm. player you're supposed to forget that you're staring at a computer screen you the player have traveled to other worlds that exist mm-hmm. and, and you're learning about them the conceit of fez is that your little avatar is literally inside of a computer simulation and you travel to different save states of that computer simulation and experience it. So the the lives of the people that live in that simulation are as mundane and ridiculous as like internet memes speak. And that's kind of what you uh, what you learn. The more you learn about the people in it, is that they are meaningless computer simulations, which is is kind of weird. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, but it also kind of undercut my appreciation of it.
1: It did feel like Fez could have been represented as this ancient civilization that you get to learn about. And instead, it's it's kind of the disappointing shallowness of the internet. Right. It's still fun to solve.
0: Yeah, yeah. All the puzzles in that game are great. I love it. That game is fantastic. It's a little but...
1: tongue-in-cheek. It's got some humor. I, I got incredible satisfaction out of... Um, Finally realizing that I the the strange language written on all of the tablets was um, just a direct cipher, and that I've I've been solving that kind of thing uh, since I was a kid. I thought it was really fun to get something in just a, a literal cipher yeah, and the, there's, translate there's it based on how likely nouns or nouns how likely vowels were to happen. And yeah, there's there's a it. a
0: visual uh, kind of hint. To solving that, mm-hmm. that we found after you had decoded the the alphabet. So right. and yeah.
1: that was that was very satisfying. But then it's less satisfying once you start to translate everything. at least yeah. none of it matters. It,
0: it's all either you this is a literal anything. series of button presses, or, uh, hi, how are you? I'll be your tetrahedron today.
1: You don't really get a lot of story out of Fez. You no. come into it expecting that this place could tell you so much story, and it it really doesn't.
0: There is story in Fez, but it's largely not told, uh, and it's so abstract as to yeah. not really feel satisfying, even when you do, yeah. unless you actually go look it up in a wiki and kind of get it all well, condensed down. Then it feels okay.
1: But. That would all be fine, but you you come into this, and there's all these tablets or things written in a language you can't understand so there's this big expectation yeah that once that, you that, that's can read what it is. those things there's you'll a, understand
0: there's like a surface veneer of mystery underneath which is complete internet meme level mundanity yeah. underneath which is mystery again so it, it, yeah it's just weird
1: i mean i guess i guess there's its own message and all of that that's worth telling but it, it wasn't what i was hoping for at the time <laughs>
2: So, Quern. I am Professor William Maythorne. I imprison myself in this world for the sake of science. I thought that a discovery of this magnitude could change the subject of my whole research. I was right. Participation in this matter is absolutely essential. I'm sure your presence here is no mistake. There was a time when I thought of him as a friend, and I helped him. But you must know the truth. The success or failure of your quest will profoundly affect the whole world. So
0: Quern is a Quern. Kickstarter game, which actually, if you if you see it in that context, Quern is actually quite an achievement. It really is pretty good. I think it's like a team of three guys made this game.
1: Yeah, that's it's pretty impressive. And like
0: uh, it, again, PC World: closest we may ever come to a Riven sequel. And you see screenshots of this game, and you totally get why they're saying that. Like screenshots of Quern look like they could just be set right next to uh, like the village in. Uh, in ribbon it looks sure. exactly like you know mud kind of naturalistic architecture and uh and textures it, it all kind of has that same mm-hmm. tone and uh and color scheme and color palette um but you know quern is a modern game it came out i don't remember if it came out in 2017 or if it was 2016 but it's it's relatively modern it's a fully 3d game uh and you walk around in it in first person uh but with First-person shooter controls W A S D walk around, ah, mouse around, yeah. uh, um, and so the the conceit of corn uh, like mist, you appear in a in a world with no explanation, but you uh, start finding notes uh, from I wrote down his name, Professor William Maythorn, who Maythorn. Uh, came before you and has left notes for you, and in this way, it's it's a lot like Mist Three. So Mist Three, you're playing through a series of uh, of explicitly uh, contrived puzzles that Atrus has made for his children to teach them lessons, right? Uh, and they've been corrupted, but it, that's still what they are. Uh, and Quern is that uh, everything you do in Quern is, or almost everything you do in Quern, is a contrived puzzle created by Professor Maythorn to teach you the importance and value of Quern, the place. Right,
1: uh, so basically, have this beautifully designed world, and then he trashed a bunch of it, which just feels like super douche. Well,
0: no, no, that, that's that's you're jumping ahead. Like that, that's true. Like a lot of what you find is like torn apart and whatever. Uh, so the 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 plot of Quern is that it is a world in which you do not age, and when you are there, time does not pass. Outside of it for you either you kind of become stuck in time in that way It's actually quite a lot like the forest of pools from the magician's nephew you kind of go there and And nothing happens while you are there Uh, But unlike the magician's nephew where you're kind of sleepy and you might get lost there in Quirin he's totally alert and physically capable and kind of realizes that he has eternity to learn and experiment and and uh, and do whatever he wants
1: and become good at anything he wants to become good at
0: yeah and, and he just has forever yeah. to do anything
1: there's a certain amount of f- total fantasy yeah for so, a certain kind of person in this So
0: it's an interesting idea uh, and from his notes you kind of he, he starts referring to just a she or a her mm-hmm. other person that is there uh, that doesn't really seem like a real person but he keeps referring to this person uh as someone who like didn't appreciate it or wasn't worthy of quern uh and and is complaining about her a lot Mm -hmm. and then you you end up meeting her her name is gamana i think okay uh g-a-m-a-n-a but whatever you know more like a a standard fantasy weird name
1: sure
0: And, and she is a person that arrived there before him and uh much later like three quarters of the way through the game, you get this extensive lore dump about how she and two other people, I think, from wherever their home world is... Right. uh, ...came to Quern after, uh, like, some calamity was happening on their world. And they, you know, spent centuries or millennia there and developed a solution or a cure or something, you know, a solution to whatever was going wrong on their world. And when they brought it back not only did they solve the problems of that world but they kind of like became gods there because they had evolved so much and learned so much and knew so much compared to anyone else from the the time that they had left no time passed where they came from uh that that they became this kind of beacon of power and then ended up sparking wars and destroying their civilization so she's there to tell you that Quern is bad and too powerful and uh, and should not be used by anyone because it will only lead to destruction.
1: Right. Thinking about it now, I really wish we had just discovered that she was like, the other half of his consciousness that had split off a little because so it, he lost it. What it kind of sounded like I was saying at first that she isn't real. That yeah. she had
0: just been a person he invented. Yeah. so like
1: I, I wish that was true. <laughs> she
0: is like the worst part of the game for yes. me. And, and it's not because of even what she represents. There, there's good things in the end of this game. But...
1: Uh, she's melodramatic She's
0: so melodramatic Her Judgey. dialogue is written so poorly Navi when, when Well, no, it's not like that But when, <laughs> when you get to that lore dump, it is a lore dump The I, I... was
2: a great, noble, and prosperous civilization They were people of peace A thriving society of wisdom and art Then, everything changed At the dawn of the Third Age We were attacked by the Shadows Over the years, our colonies have fallen one by one. The shadows have slaughtered our settlers without mercy. They filled our hearts with terrible fear. In the great halls of Unnatko, the capital city of our world, the Circle of Elders have chosen three of our best people. Roran, the most skilled warrior. Theodore, the brightest of all scholars. And... A devoted shaman, me. We were called the Amajat. Uh, I just
1: mean she's like Navi because she's a glowy thing that follows you around. (laughs) She is a glowy thing that follows you around. You don't care about.
0: Uh, uh, When when you get that lore dump and you're like standing up on the huge tower and she tells you all the stuff and there's like holograms in the sky that tell you about what's going on.
1: I vaguely remember this. You
0: get an achievement at the end for actually sticking around and watching. The uh, the story that she's telling. Yeah, yeah. If you have to give an achievement for people <laughs> listening to your backstory, maybe you should edit your backstory maybe, a bit.
1: Maybe a little. Maybe it's not
0: um good. And then there are warp gates. So you you kind of clearly come into uh uh Quern like behind you when you start the game is this weird kind of triangular doorway looking thing mm-hmm. with green light coming out of it. And you kind of spend the entire game expecting you're going to go, like, fix that and warp to other worlds or that gateway is the goal. You never go back to that gateway again. No. It's kind of a pretty cool... Uh, I, I don't know. You, you sound like you're complaining. but Oh, not really. I, I think it's a good misdirection. It's kind of neat.
1: It was only frustrating when we got stuck and we'd keep going back to that gate to see if we could do something there yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> so...
0: Like we have some details in our notes here, but what what do you think of corn what What is your impression of corn?
1: It grew on me for sure. Uh, right at first, I thought the puzzles were overly simplistic and too puzzly. i I like it when it feels more like you're putting a wor- a piece of a world back together that just incidentally is a puzzle for you but wouldn't have been to the person who knew what how this thing worked and this was a guy who went out of his way to figure out how to break what he had built so that it would teach you the right things and get you to solve the right lessons and when the puzzles were not impressive really they were just kind of if you find them you can solve them i, I didn't i wasn't sure i was going to like it that much but it got better and i i kind of liked the progression that's a bit a bit more like Riven, just a little bit. That um, you're you're solving one giant puzzle overall. They're all pieces of a larger thing you're trying to make work. You're talking of. about
0: the the tower in the middle of the, yeah. of the island. So yeah, I mean that, that's that's one of my notes is uh, you start the game in a pretty open area. There mm-hmm. it kind of uh, spokes out. Yeah, it has the feel of an open area that you unlock little bits of off the back, but you keep returning to the central hub. Mm-hmm. And at the center of the central hub is this floating tower that you can't get to um, that that has locks on it. I three think... three locks. And so you keep solving another part of the world and then coming back with a key for it.
1: But I think that the last of those locks was so complicated that that puzzle is actually what made me feel like you were doing everything for for one main goal was the rotating tower, like getting all of that to work together. It was so complex.
0: Yeah, the the game expands in a weird way. So you get like the first key in like an hour or something like that, and then the second key not too much longer after that, and that third key takes like six hours or more. It kind of feels and, like the or it way did for us, whatever. But
1: they wrote the game unfolded to where they started off with much smaller vision of what this game would be and then they hit a stride before they got that third key and they just went crazy
0: well and you know uh you and i both were like okay here's the the third key we're about to beat this game and there's it just keeps misdirecting the misdirection in this game is actually really cool so not only do you open the key and that's basically the midpoint of the game where you get in the tower but you spend the whole that first half of the game getting to a tower but what does the tower do? It sh- it sinks down into the ground and becomes an elevator that goes down into the yeah. <laughs> underground, yeah. which was totally weird and unexpected and kind of cool.
1: I thought we were going to be up and figure something out from being up. but yeah. But yeah, it was already
0: when we got that. It was super late. And we're like, okay, we've got to, this game's got to be basically done. There's just going to be like one less puzzle in here. And we just have one more puzzle, one more puzzle. And we're like, how much longer could this game possibly be? It really is only halfway done at that point. It's yeah. crazy. It gets way more linear. We had no idea. But the puzzles idea. get harder for sure.
1: Yes, that's true. But I feel like the second half of the the game felt a lot more sophisticated. And it lent a lot of meaning to the first half, actually. Yeah. It, it made me appreciate the simpler puzzles because it really does start to feel like they did a great job actually creating a world where this guy expects that you're an idiot and starts you off slow
0: it made me wish though especially just because of the way the environments work uh and you know you spend the first half of the game up above ground and wandering around in an open sky and then you spend the second half of the game in a cave Uh, It made me wish that it went back and forth a bit more and that you were introduced to the underground earlier and then weren't just down there until the end of the game.
1: I think there are a couple places underground where you can see how the underground connects to what's above. Yeah. Like when you have access to the block puzzle, like you you can dump a block from up above down below. That's cool. But I think I had this vision in my head. Okay. This is kind of weird, but... I wanted more of that where interactivity it, it between least, the two halves. Yeah, it gave you clues to where you were underground, and I get this picture of like those prairie dog communities and zoos. Where there's those <laughs> little bubbles, and you can just you pop your head up, and you're not actually up there, but you kind of feel like you're with the prairie dogs. I kind of wanted more windows back into the first half of the game, like not total access. If they really felt like it worked better to not actually put you back there but more like oh hey and this is where you were and this thing was going on underneath the whole time um because that that one place where they did that was really cool
0: right and it was it was puzzle focused and it wasn't like you needed to know what was going on in order to solve the puzzle but it was the end of a puzzle upstairs that you had to have solved anyway kind of terminates underground and, and right. if you're paying attention it's some cool continuity um,
1: and when you're underwater, I think I was hoping for more clues that like you're close to the places above the water yeah. where you saw some other puzzles.
0: But the from a theming and kind of an environmental standpoint, the underwater part was my favorite part. And I don't mean the part where cool. you actually like go out into the water. That was kind of slow. Yeah. But where you kind of open and it's almost like Bioshock, and yeah. the uh, and the kind of the windows open and you realize that you're in tunnels underwater and. You you even you activate things that are based on the warp gates, and you're kind of warping around from room to room, and it's going through the glass, through the water, and into the other room. Realizing that you could shoot those beams through uh, the open air or the open area of the water, all of that was very cool and yeah. and and unique in a way that the stuff upstairs felt like generic right uh, generic environment or generic naturalistic environment.
1: I also I think the underwater space is where. I was first able to feel some empathy for this character who created all of these puzzles for us and who had lived there for thousands of years where the underground underwater space is so lonely. And he finally leaves his notes about how lonely he was feeling and how he could no longer bear the thought of continuing his research without human contact for thousands of years. Which, this guy's a real hermit. It took him, like, several thousand years for the novelty of being alone to research whatever he wants to wear off to the point where he's finally lonely
0: yeah and in that way you know where riven and mist and the Myst series is a little bit more plot focused this game really is smaller in scope mm-hmm. and it's more of a character study and it, it is interesting that over time this guy that has this whole world to himself uh the fact that he is lonely drives him into further and further isolation he builds uh, offices to stay in and then he like builds this huge underwater bunker or underground bunker mm-hmm. then an underwater bunker then an office inside of his underwater bunker he's just like further isolating himself and it seems like he's trying to construct an environment that is uh Congruent with his with his solitude and his loneliness like he's trying to express the way he feels and make it make sense
1: Maybe I I think I understand That exact mood like it's it's easier to forget how alone you are when you're in a smaller Cozier space when
0: you can make yourself believe that maybe there were people outside of the walls.
1: right? The people are near or you're just here temporarily like tiny spaces make you feel that way Whereas a big open air space where you can look forever and not see anyone, that's really uncomfortable, especially so, after a long time.
0: So is this game like Riven?
1: I don't know. I don't really like the comparison. So
0: the, the my big complaint with any comparison between this game and Riven, this game is an inventory puzzle game. It is yeah. so much more like a traditional, even maybe like Sierra style, but that kind of point and click style adventure game so many times even this walkthrough that i'm using to kind of you know it's, it's been a little while since we played this now so i'm reviewing sure. my memory and my notes i've got a walkthrough and one of the first tips in there is if you get lost just use all of your items on everything and that is I know, i read that, that. is worst adventure game 101
1: i could not believe that was in the walkthrough rub all the things against all the other things like that's a sign of a Bad. But
0: it's straight up Thanks. what we did over and over again. Because the the game, there, the yeah. fact that it was so open all the time, at the beginning, uh the first half of the game is so open, we often found ourselves, uh and, and there was a point where this stopped being true. So let's say the first quarter of the game, we got stuck a lot because we couldn't keep track of where the game wanted us to be. Yeah. And so we do a lot of wandering around and just using everything on everything. But- Part-
1: I think when that happens as a gamer, personally, I want to believe it's because I'm not doing a good job, not because the game is poor. But yeah, I'm a, inventory games always walk into that so eventually. Th- there
0: are three things that made that better for us, I think. The first is that the game has the ability to just have a weird glow on everything that's interactive in the environment. We just turned that on. That you, a lot. you can hold Alt to, to make them glow. Uh, but like, it's a thing that Riven doesn't have to deal with. For example, Riven looks every bit as naturalistic as this game, but because every single shot in that game is composed intentionally, you know, when you're looking at something that it's what they want you to be looking at. Right. And that, that's not the case in a fully 3d in game. So that was kind of my, my thinking there. Like it's hard to direct a fully autonomous 3d first person game to make you look at things when it's this dense. That's a dense game. It's
1: hard to do the secret magic of gaming where you get people to go where they need to go without them knowing that you're directing them. So we
0: just turned that on and everything that you could touch was glowing at all times. That's fine. The second thing we did is just totally embrace the hint system. And the way the hint system works in this game is that every item in your inventory, you can click a hint button and your character will mutter in first person to himself in text. But, you know, it's it's written like it's your character talking about what he thinks of this object. I really
1: and, don't think that should have been labeled
0: hints. 100%. That Be, is what
1: I think, Because too. the way we play games, that warded us off. And I felt like that was important in-game context and flavor to what was going on like those weren't extras that only the cheaters used
0: those hints were well written mm-hmm. they they did not just give away the puzzle they're no. never like go here and use this thing on this thing it's like ah, oh, this looks kind of like that other thing i saw uh and yeah i think that it, i
1: think they're the kind of things that a slightly better written game would have just given you As a reward for exploring, I
0: think the best version of this would be if the main character had voice. uh, And when you were looking around in your inventory and fiddling with items, your character would just talk about the thing. And that would be perfect. That's the kind of thing Uncharted does all the time. If you're looking around Mm -hmm. in your inventory, not inventory, but in your notebook, uh, Nathan Drake will just talk about what's on the page. That's exactly what should have happened in this game. And you know, whatever, this is a Kickstarter game. It had voiceover, but it's Mm -hmm. two characters uh and minimally interactive that's i think what would have helped this a lot those hints were not optional you basically needed those to progress
1: right and, again yeah they shouldn't have been called hints because that wards people off who are trying to really solve a puzzle game you know without
0: but the third help. the third thing that changed and again i feel like this was about halfway through the first half of the game mm-hmm. uh is we weren't taking the game seriously at all we were just playing it and kind of sprinting through puzzles as quickly as we could. And then we hit a really solid wall. Like we had, um, we had had puzzles we were stuck on before this point, but then we got to the, where, where you first start really turning things on. You turn on the generator, and the generator room has symbols that you know you've seen before, but we had not been writing them down or where they were. So we didn't know what we were turning on, we didn't know what we needed to be turning on, and we didn't know how to find them again. And that's the kind of thing where if we had been playing this game like we valued it, like we were taking it seriously, like we would play a missed game, we would have written those down, we would have been taking notes, and we weren't. And so at that point, that was when we started taking notes, and we started exploring again and writing down where we found those things. And we took notes from that point on, and I really do feel like our enjoyment of the game went yeah. way up from that point. It
1: turned a corner when we started thinking the things we saw in the game were important enough to write down. And really, I think that's the inventory, because as soon as I know a game has an inventory, I'm like, they don't want you to keep track of anything, because in mist the inventory is what you know yeah
0: we talked about this with the witness too yeah. that, that uh, the witness is an inventory puzzle game where all of the items are lessons you learn from playing the game right
1: and so is mist like remembering or writing down a thing you saw that had information in it that you don't know how to apply yet that is mist and you never carry things around and so the second any game has ever given me something to carry. It's, oh, they don't actually expect me to remember anything. I'm just going to rub this thing against something else. And I don't even have to really know why because I can try a bunch of things as soon as I notice something I can interact with. So, I the inventory really set us up
0: yeah the game has a built-in note-taking system in it like every game like this does now yeah i really hate those like you can do it so well maybe it's partly the environment we played this in we played this you know on the you know a home theater pc kind of setup mm-hmm. on a television maybe if you're playing it on a desk where you can type more easily into the notes because i think that this one had that where you could take a screenshot yeah. and then put type notes next to it maybe that would be okay but it still is the same. I the really, really want handwritten notes for this kind of thing. I
1: didn't mind that you could take those screenshots that look like kind of like a sketchy drawing sort of
0: one of the things I read though pointed out that there are color color puzzles in this game, which the oh, weird yeah. hand drawn notes make <laughs> yeah. really hard.
1: Yeah. But but I wouldn't I wouldn't want to rely on that if I could play it again for like The remembering clues or hints. There are other things I would want to take pictures of.
0: It's weird, but I would rather take a picture of my television with my phone than take a screenshot in the game. Something about that, like, hmm?
1: I don't know if I feel that way. That's what I did in Maybe. Fez so
0: much. I, I took a bunch of screenshots yeah. with my phone when we were playing that. And some like the fact that the image is leaving the game and going into a thing that is not the game still makes me feel a little bit that way. It's not the same as written notes, but it even that much distance. If you're just taking notes into the game, it doesn't feel real to me. It, it doesn't break that fourth wall. Sure.
1: Now, I mostly like taking pictures where the clue or the thing is so complicated that you have a way to easily check your notes. If you get somewhere and what you're doing isn't working out and you don't know if maybe you just didn't draw something precisely, then I don't mind having a picture to back you up.
0: Now, there is one puzzle hint. So, well, there's one puzzle that we thought was just broken. Uh, but we didn't understand that you could manipulate items in your inventory. So we actually that, filed a bug report with the developers, and they're like, "Um, yeah. probably need didn't click on the thing." You know, I, I I had stronger feelings about that at the moment. Uh, but that was probably just us. I hadn't. I also there was there, had there been, was interface weirdness in this game, but it, I hadn't experienced
1: okay. an inventory puzzle before. Maybe you had, but I hadn't. Where you have to manipulate an object by itself in order to use it
0: yeah it wasn't that we couldn't combine two well we couldn't combine two items also but before we combine two items we had to just click on the item
1: combining (laughs) items to solve a puzzle i've done but like it the item was exactly what you needed but you had to pull out a thing on it first before it would go in. you had to expand it Uh, but
0: there was one puzzle that we figured out but without understanding the hint and how you're supposed to know it, uh, that I really think the hint for this puzzle is broken. So this is the, uh, there, there's a solvent. There's a certain kind of crystal oh, in the world. Yes. and yes. And you have to develop a solvent for it. But to do that, you have to understand that the solvent exists and what it does. And the way they clue you into this is you discover on his desk a white crystal of the type. Uh, And there's like an eyedropper of the solvent above it and you click on it and the eyedropper like falls on the crystal and dissolves it. But if you're just doing the normal puzzle game thing and just clicking on stuff and seeing what happens, Mm -hmm. you activate that way before you need it, way before you know what you're looking at. And because it's a solvent and a crystal... It only happens once. And right. so you, you can never see that hint again. At least we didn't know of a way to do that.
1: No, I don't think you can. And in, in every other puzzle game I've played, especially Myst, everything is repeatable yeah. that you can watch. And
0: that's true in this game for the most part too. It's, yeah, just, it's just this just one, one thing. thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's a good idea. Uh, but that, that one hint, uh, I don't know. It was a problem. Uh, but, you know, we got through it. And I don't... There was one thing that we walked through in this game that we looked up. Do you remember what it was? I can't remember now.
1: It wasn't just the torch that we needed to extend? Or no,
0: no, there? that's not what I'm talking about. Because there we knew what to do. Uh, or I guess we did look that up to confirm that we knew what to do and that it just straight up didn't work. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. We knew what to do. We looked it up. It was what we thought, but it still didn't work. And so we filed that bug report.
1: I think so. I think that's the main thing. Okay.
0: So I think we've gotten through most of our complaints uh, with this game. <laughs> so moving on to the next bullet point, what did you like about this game?
1: I mean, it wasn't as complex or nuanced, but it did have the atmosphere thing that I like about these kinds of games where it's just a nice place to be. I did feel like it was too samey. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We got lost a lot in the overworld when it was open. And it was because so much of it just looked the same. And it doesn't help that the central hub is circular. And so keeping track of which directions things are in got really... uh, We just went through the wrong door all the time.
1: And I understand it's because it had a small team. I totally do. But a lot of these games that I like so much do have quite a bit of variety in this beauty... That you can be in of, wow, this game just looks really nice. This game was still pretty, but you could tell that they had repeated an awful lot of textures and ideas. And it, it makes the thing seem like a homogenized city. Yeah, I That's think
0: okay. I think there was a lot of... I think this was a Unity game. And I think there was a lot of assets from like a, a third-party yeah. store kind of thing. That's fine. Like y- You had asked me at one point like how hard it is to actually make a game like this. With three people, I, I'm sure that they were flipping a bunch of assets off the store, which is fine. They they made a game yeah. and it's great. But, you know, that's going to lead to less uh, less uniqueness in so, the design.
1: There's a little bit less wonder, but it's still a nice place to be. It still feels like this old place where stuff is discoverable and you want to be there and there isn't a sense of urgency. It really, I mean, this guy wants you to solve this thing so that you can do this something else for him that he hasn't told you about yet. But you have all of eternity to figure it out. You don't even have to. No one's going to die. You don't even know why he wants you to do this yet. It's totally up to you that's how one of you my, treat this situation. That's my
0: only real complaint with the theming is that a big part of the the plot for what it is. Is that he spent hundreds of years, thousands of years in this place. And, you know, your experience is you're here for a day, a couple of days, uh, depending on how long it takes you to play the game. And I wish that they had had some way to make you feel the passage of time in the game. And I don't mean like a day night cycle, because that's another part of the game. Right. Is that there's no day night, uh, you know
1: for story because, reasons <laughs> for
0: story reasons, but also so they don't have to have a day night cycle what but no it would be cool if there was if they had come up with some way to make you feel like your character had been there for thousands of years i, I don't i don't even know what that would be but it, it seems counter again counter to theme uh that the point of this place is you can be there forever and then you blow through all of the puzzles in like no time
1: they could have just had Melodramatic Navi drop a hint that you'd been here a lot longer than it felt like.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing like that. Just, yeah. Your experience is that you're there for a handful of hours and then you're out. Yeah. Um. So the, I did think that there were really good puzzles. I liked everything to do with the botany and the alchemy stuff. That was fun. Yeah, especially when you had to combine the two when you had to like make yeah. powders with the plants and then use them in the w- with the fluids and stuff and cook it all together that felt tedious in the good way like you're doing this yeah. huge multi-step thing but then it works yeah uh, and it's like uh it feels like the kind of thing you couldn't possibly do right the first time but then you do it, it's not actually yeah. that hard and i don't think we ever had to do that more than once uh to like there were three no. puzzles there Uh, that you go back to but you
1: just follow the recipe i did really love when you discover you can place the warp stone in the same place that like the fire starter had been and you can flip it Right, and it you up. flip
0: it to point back up. We kept being like, there's a place up there. How do you there get up there? And you
1: can just warp up there once you have the warps down. <laughs>
0: Anytime, this is where inventory puzzles shine. It's when you have a smaller number of items that you use more than one way. Yeah. And so right there, that, that like stand was a place that you had used for something. You placed a stone that catches fire mm-hmm. to start the, the pot to, to make your alchemy stuff. But yeah, then when you bring another item back in there and use it in a different way, that's awesome.
1: It felt good.
0: The torches were great. Every time you use those torches and it was like a, a repeat of something you'd done before or you take the redstone off of the 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 thing that gave us so much trouble, the the, the like torch handle thing mm-hmm. for it, and put the greenstone back on. Mixing and matching that stuff, all of that was great. It's really just the one-time use puzzle uh, yeah. items that I get complaining I, about.
1: I also loved the trying of the berry juices where there's all these berry juices you don't need for anything else. Yeah. But it distorts the way you see the world. You have all these weird hallucinogenic way. effects <laughs> off of it. But, and even and you the can puzzle just Try there, them all for fun. The,
0: the thing that you use that for, where it like redshifts all of your vision so that you can see things through red paint. Yeah. That, that's very cool, also. I, I like all good of that. Puzzle. Um, I'm, I'm a sucker for decoding in games like this. So there's a number system in this game, you have to learn it. I love it. I love number systems and games and figuring that out. Yeah. And then very near the end, there's that audio waveform puzzle. I thought that was really cool. I Oh, liked I it had a lot. fun with that. It was, it, you know, it's same thing. Complex, multi-step. You have to put a bunch of information together to get a solution. But all of the information was right there. It became pretty clear what you had to do. You just had to figure it all mm-hmm. out. That, that was very cool. Uh, you wrote down clever moments and I I wrote down some of my my clever moments under that heading, but what, what stands out to you as a clever moment in this game?
1: Well, I meant like when the game was being clever. So like when you take that recipe and you stick it in the machine above the alchemy lab that you can warp to and that's how you get the recipe to change everything back.
0: Right. you you had a different perspective on that than me. you You're yeah, walking of what around actually with this, happened. You're walking around with this weird scroll that uh, that has recipes on it or a recipe mm-hmm. for an alchemy thing. You interpreted that as like some kind of it was reading the recipe and generating something new off of it because I think the recipe is how to make the thing that makes things come alive. yeah, and then you're getting the recipe to to kill things because yeah. killing things is hard in a place where nothing dies. Uh, but my takeaway from that was really just that you're like recycling that scroll and printing something new on it. But it it still is.
1: Mine was that it was printed on another end of the scroll, and it flips the mechanism around so that you can access the other end of the scroll.
0: Oh, I see. I don't think so. I think it's a printer, and if you there's a pile of those scrolls there under that.
1: I think that was just there to clue you in as yeah. to what was supposed to go there.
0: Anyway, there is definitely stuff like that, though. The, the one that I keep pointing out is, you know, for the first couple of hours of the game, you have easy access to this, like, desk that has a box on it with a key lock. And you're like, oh, what's in oh, that box? Yeah. What's in that box? And you get the key and you're like, "I'll oh, bet this key goes in that box. And you run back to it. You put the key in the box. Box is not open. The entire desk flips over and falls back into the wall and moves back and reveals a stairway downstairs. And it, it's just, it's a joke, right? It's a yeah. hilarious joke on the nature of inventory puzzles in video games, yeah. which is you used an item on a thing where an item goes and you were able to progress. But instead of like getting another item out of the box, it opens a door. It, it's just crazy. Oh, that was what this note meant to me. Uh, I had written a note to myself that, and yet the door doesn't open, uh, (laughs) where uh, you put a key in a box and a door opens, but there's a door with no lock and you can't open it for some reason. (laughs) Right. There were so many locked doors in this game that didn't have a clear indication of why it's locked. And that's a big complaint for me with locked doors in puzzle games
1: shortcuts for later in the game where you open them up from the other side
0: right but even then you know you've opened it once and now you can open it but there's no like visual indicator of what is preventing you from opening it and that's a Mm. it's a small detail but it it generates frustration if you don't have any explanation for why you can't open the door yeah if you
1: like lifted a bar or something right
0: uh so yeah uh let me see
1: there are a few game moments that made us actually laugh out loud because we were so familiar with this genre that when it defies expectations, it clearly understands the expectation and then defies it that Yeah, it was really funny.
0: Yeah, stuff like the, the tower falling down yeah. into the hole and becoming an elevator that goes downstairs, that, that kind of stuff where it clearly understands that you have played games like this and that you think you know what's happening next. Yeah, every time it undermined or or not undermined. Every time it uh it countered expectation sure. was yeah. was really good. Um oh oh and oh yeah that that so we haven't talked about the ending yet. Oh yeah. I really like the ending to this game. It was good. Uh so much better than I expected it to be. Mhm and it kind of redeemed the entire experience for me which is different usually the endings for games like this end up underwhelming me and i kind of just have to be like the game is great eh, whatever i kind of feel that way yeah. about the ending of abduction the idea of the ending of abduction right. is good but it's not very well told
1: but a lot of times these games get to the end and you get a feeling that they were like oh no now we have to end it what do we do and that was never the point The conclusion was never the point of the game. The puzzles were the point of the game. So they don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. So the the kind of narrative conceit at the end of this game is that uh, in order to, you know, in in his scientific exploration and study, uh, Professor Maythorne disassembled the gateway that allowed him to get here uh, and can't get back. Or no, no, he could get back. He could go. He could leave. He wasn't trapped there. But uh, you could never return with the gateway in the state that it was in. Right. Uh, and he didn't know how to fix it. And he was trying to learn, uh, but he was tired and he had been there for so long and he just couldn't take it anymore. So he built a punch card computer. And the kind of the reveal of that computer it is so, great. It's so good. So it, great. It's really, really well done. It, it feels like Portal, the way things just open up and automate around you. And happen. It felt like the beginning of Portal Two.
1: It also it took me from going like, there's this crazy guy who claims he made all this stuff. Did he even? Is he even as accomplished or capable is he saying? Is he totally nuts? And they review the com- reveal the computer, and you're like, yeah, he is totally nuts, but he's also a genius, and he did everything he said he did. Yeah.
0: So he builds this computer because he can't do the math long enough he, he, he just can't take it anymore so he builds the computer to solve the problem sets it calculating and then leaves and I, I i think the game is isn't clear like whether he does something to try and solicit people to come but he's just hoping that the next person who comes will follow his puzzles learn the value of the place that he learned and will take the output of the computer and use it to fix the gateway there's you know Whatever, it's a video game. There's a little box right. that you put the punch cards in and then it automate automatically fixes it.
1: And go back to the larger world and tell people about Quarns. Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it, he wants Quern to be available to anyone to come. He thinks it represents the, the future of human evolution that Which people will come and learn things.
1: feels surprisingly generous for this guy who's yeah. been hermited this whole time that he actually wants to share what he did. I
0: kept expecting him to be villainous or the game mm-hmm. to paint him as a villain. And you know whether so the, the he the,
1: feels that way the whole time. yeah he
0: feels super sketchy and like he's going to have an Andrew Ryan like uh, turn right. turn moment where he reveals his dastardliness. Uh, but no, like even right after you've done, yeah, you know, the game presents the moral choice at the end. It's like, do you fix the gateway and let people use Quern, or do you destroy it? Right, and, and
1: Gamana is urging you to destroy it. And you realize the game isn't going to tell you what the right choice is.
0: And, you know, we've experienced endings like this before. We, of course, we we did what you do. You save right before and then you see yeah. what both of them are. And, uh, you know, she gets upset when you decide to open up Quern, but she just is upset. She's just angry. And the, uh, people's motivations stay consistent. The message you get from Maythorn is not, wahaha, I tricked you. He's like, right. thank you. I really appreciate this. This is going to be great for everyone. <laughs> Congratulations.
2: You have earned yourself a place amongst the greatest in history. You have gifted this great power to all. Many will come and learn. You gave them the opportunity to shine and make their worlds a better place. Thanks to our efforts, Korn will soon become a beacon of knowledge, the epicenter of wisdom and intellect. A new age dawns, the age of enlightenment. He's totally genuine.
1: They don't give you any clues that either of them is poorly motivated ever.
0: And then if you do destroy it, his same message plays. There's not like a separate message expecting... That maybe you would destroy it. It's still just one hundred percent in earnest, thanking you for saving it. While everything is like warbly and destroying, like it's it's sad. It's it's like he, he he hoped and just had faith that the person who came after him would agree with him. And you know, if you take that path, you just see, you feel that crushed emotion of his kind of open faith. And, and that you destroyed it. And, you know, she's thanking you for, for right. closing down Quirin because it destroyed her civilization. But it's so much more nuanced than I would have expected. It's can, so good.
1: You can see both of their um, views on what is right. The
0: game does not tell you which one of them is right. No. Yeah you can see why both of them feel the way they do.
1: And it kind of gives you room to feel out what you actually think. Exactly.
0: It, it's the best part of the, yeah. the kind of moral choice that we enjoyed in Mass Effect. Uh, in Mass Effect, you you make choices, and they have gameplay consequences, but they aren't presented as right or wrong. They are just the the what you feel about it is what you feel about it. Yeah, And because you don't have the game telling you which one is right or wrong, you have to actually live with what you believe about it because no one told you,
1: right? And the the fun thing—it doesn't matter to that me, we saw
0: both of the endings because you right. still know what you think was the
1: right thing right. to do. And you spend the whole game expecting that they're going to present him as a villain and she's the hero, but at the end, I found myself surprised to believe to realize I was siding with him. And yeah, I didn't me think too. He was evil. I totally believed in his vision by the end that it was worth the risk and of sharing this great thing and that she was just being fearful. And I had empathy for that, but I agreed with him. And that was, you know, fascinating. Yeah,
0: and at the same time, as much as I didn't think that she was well-written, I thought her dialogue was overwrought and, like, the backstory was was ridiculous. Like, I, I, I also half expected then... For them to be like she is the villain and presenting her that way and have her turn on you, but no, it's, it's mm-hmm. not. And you, like you said, you still feel empathy for her. Yeah. You still understand why someone would feel that way. And she doesn't. She doesn't like scream and get mad. It's not like the end of Soma where they're just like screaming into the void. Oh, yeah.
1: Soma's so depressing. It's but, just. Ugh, anyway.
0: I can't believe you did that. I don't know what's going to happen now. I this could be the end of everything. Like it's just just dejected. Not. Angry. yeah
1: and i was really surprised really pleasantly surprised that this yeah. game that we started off going yeah you know it'll probably be okay like ended so solidly and, yeah in some ways better than mist with with uh, it's a uh, little corny live action scenes that would play at the end after she'd beat everything i, I don't i never it's, found those. it's
0: probably the most similar to the end of mist 3 Maybe. where everyone's oh. motivation stays correct it's yeah. well acted and nobody's evil. Nobody's evil. People mystery, are just right. depressed and and you understand why they're doing what they're doing. But ultimately at the end of miss 3, you even help the villain. Yeah. But it's not like he has a change of heart. If you don't do it right, he'll still come and kill you. <laughs> you you have to right. prevent him from killing you, but then he still, you know, thanks you for helping him and all of that it's not uh, and
1: he you you realize he really believed he was righteous right and good the whole time yeah it's,
0: it's nuanced in that same way yeah. it's, it may even still be a little bit better than that though um maybe but it, it it's very good i liked the end of corn a lot
1: yeah we were we we were pleasantly surprised and glad we played it yeah after everything yeah
0: it, man
1: there were some really good puzzles underground, too. That helped.
0: Yeah, 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 And it was way more straightforward down there. When when it stopped making me wish that it was more like Myst and just became a puzzle game with a narrative through line,
1: its own it, it was thing better. thing that wasn't yeah. just being a bad Myst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally.
0: Um, so do you have anything else that you want to say about Quern? Anything else you want to bring up about it?
1: I mean, I- I'm... Always grateful when I mean say always, it doesn't happen much, but I'm grateful that somebody took a team took the time to put out a game like this because they really are my favorite games. Um and I I'm glad ultimately that it was better than I was ready to give it credit for. Yeah. Uh
0: I don't know if these guys have any plans to work on anything else. They clearly are still attentive to Quern. Because I got an email back from one of the yeah. developers like that day. They should um, do more. Uh, yeah, I, I'd be interested to know if they would make another game, you, whether it's like this or not.
1: You know. could absolutely see, like, if this was a team's first game, that if they had more resources and could do something even better, that they have potential to make really, really great games.
0: Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. and. Yeah, the, the fact that they were able to pull off uh, an ending like that. I Usually the, the narrative in a game like this is just kind of perfunctory. And, and here, it, it, it saved it. It made this game awesome. Yeah. Uh, are there any other games that you're expecting to play like this or otherwise uh, that, that you're looking forward to or that you're playing right now that you're looking forward to continuing?
1: Um, not exactly like this. We haven't talked about Celeste a lot, but I think Celeste actually has a little bit of this feeling. I mean, it's a totally different kind of game because it's not it's, you know, it's a platformer. There's it's kind of a puzzle platformer because you are solving it's, it's the wrong
0: kind of puzzle though. There there are yeah. puzzles in it in terms of like how to do the platforming, but
1: But it has a little bit of the atmosphere of an abandoned civilization.
0: I see what you're saying. There yeah, is I hadn't no thought of
1: that way. real urgency. She's doing it because she wants to. The urgency is the fact that you fall a lot and you die in a, about a million different ways because there is death, but um, it starts you over again and you have all the time in the world to figure out how to do things. Um, so if you're asking if there's anything I can relate to it at all, Celeste so is some of that like haunted, lonely... Beautiful you can just hang out here feeling to it.
0: Yeah, there's a couple levels like that right yeah. in the middle Especially that feel that way and and you know You're you're pretty near the end of celeste and i'm hoping that maybe we can do a, another episode on, yeah. on your experience that the, the, your experience is playing that as well because uh, it's it's quite different from the kind of game that you usually play in right. a lot of ways
1: and you, you do learn things about who came before by just being in the space and Celeste is unique because the mechanics themselves teach you about her own inner psyche, which is a totally different thing than the the literal just physical problem solving of most games. But I don't know. That's what came to mind. Yeah.
0: I I mentioned earlier, I'm playing through Breath of the Wild. It's got some of that observational focus uh, in it. But yeah, that, that's a very different kind of game as well. And then when when you would have a moment... In a walking or rummage simulator or a missed game, where you kind of get some environmental storytelling and, and learn a thing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Zelda then gives you a cutscene about the thing you just learned. So it's not quite the same thing, uh, but something that is—I I don't know because I haven't played this game yet—but um, uh, uh, the Epic Store uh, is giving away a free game each month uh, this year, and the game for next month is What Remains of Edith Finch, which. Oh yeah. I think is a bit more narrative forward than an actual like walking simulator type game, but it's still, um, telling a story through an environment and, and through kind of what looks like a magical realism kind of an environment. So I'm, I'm looking forward to trying that and seeing how we feel about it. It's supposed to be really good.
1: I guess we've talked about how, um, like the Stanley parable and the game whose name I can never remember. Gone home. Gone
0: Home. Is it
1: Gone Home? Tacoma. Oh, yeah. Tacoma. Yeah. These games have yeah. a similar... They're related. They're like cousins of miss. Yeah, they're so not the same thing.
0: Gone they're Home kind of cousins. started this. Um, there's also... Um, you know, uh, Gone Home and Dear Esther kind of started the yeah. kind of derogatory... Uh, uh, or or people that didn't like them started the derogatory framing of the Walking Simulator. Where is it even yeah. a game? All you do is walk around and, do, and look at things. Those are the other side of Mist compared to what Quern is. Quern leans way heavy into the the puzzle focus. Yeah. And yeah, uh, um, Gone Home and and Tacoma. We like Tacoma a lot. And uh, and and those kind of games lean the other way where they're telling a story through wandering around in an environment and observing it. And that's most of what you do.
1: And you can still get to new places by learning what you're supposed to learn. But I think they're much less afraid of just being what they are. They don't work as hard to give you enough puzzles to excuse their own existence. They're just... What they are
0: and that that was part of it too. a game distribution is so different now. You're not buying gone home as a $40 50 60 yeah. boxed retail thing you're paying $15 for it and downloading it over the internet So it's okay for it to be six hours long right. uh, Whereas you know people if if mist was six hours long and people had spent real money for it they in 1995 They might have been upset um but expectations have changed for games quite a lot since then yeah uh so yeah uh i i I look forward to playing dear Esther i've I've wanted to play it for a while i don't know how much like this it is but what i've seen of it seems cool
1: yeah i'm looking forward to it for sure
0: and then i'm sure i'll on on even yet the other side of uh puzzle adventure games uh the boys have keep asking me to play more monkey island too so we'll probably go (laughs) and, and play that we finally finished monkey island 1 uh, which, that game is a weird game, but I think number two is supposed to be the one that people actually have, like, the the nostalgia for, and I don't. It's actually weird. I, I've seen more of The Curse of Monkey Island for sure, so I, I didn't even know what Monkey Island 2 looks like. It's been weird to play, I but we'll probably play, get back to it.
1: I didn't play any LucasArts adventure games as a kid, so I don't I don't really.
0: Well, maybe you should come and play this one with us.
1: I don't know. The boys like sure. the pirates. I'm not sure if you can go back and pick up that nostalgia
0: all right anything else andy i don't
1: think so all right
0: yeah so the, this uh these episodes in addition to the itunes music store and i think stitcher now um you can find game older at civil fritz.net slash game if you would like to email us uh we would love to discuss anything you have to say uh at game at civil send us an email or you can find me on twitter i'm andrew bubble on twitter uh otherwise uh, until next time thanks for listening
2: Bye. much time to explain. They'll be here any second. Yes, I am you. I've come from the future. I, you, we've been framed. Last year, you saved history, but the past has a way of being forgotten until it's too late. Now, you're on the run for crime you didn't commit, traveling to incredibly realistic worlds of the past and future solving mind-bending puzzles and overcoming daunting challenges in your quest for the truth but it won't be easy someone is out to make this journey your last and it's up to you the fugitive of the law to right the wrongs and clear your name who's behind this why did they frame you what have they got to gain the answers lie Barrier in time. The Journeyman Project 2.